Hey, I'm JB. And I'm Doug. And, and we, we are your Kraken Captains. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Kraken Captains podcast. Holy playoffs on a stick, Doug! Oh my god, it's not exactly how I drew it up. It's not Kraken in six. Uh, not as I predicted, but uh, revel in this moment. The Seattle Kraken made hay and knocked out the now former Stanley Cup champs in seven games. Uh, we earned it. Woo. We belong. And boy, do I love this plucky little team, Doug. They did it by sticking to that gritty, hardworking style, that road warrior mentality. Woo! Game sevens, Doug. There's nothing quite like them. All the pressure and excitement, but guess what? No rest. I mean, we're we're recording this right now, uh, already facing uh, a strong Dallas team. Uh, but spoilers, I guess they won't be when you hear it. But it's four two at the end of the first period. So um, yeah, we're recording the episode during the game. That's how much we love you guys. Uh, what did you see, Doug? What uh, what what stuck out to you in that series? I'm fired up for this, JB. I'm so stoked that the Kraken beat the Avs. It was awesome. It's our first ever Kraken Captains Playoffs episode. Woo! And this is the first round, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recap the series in five minutes or less, give you a feeling of where the goals are coming from for this team, You know where the points are from, maybe refresh your memory on some things, and then you and I can get into the nitty-gritty of anything out of the ordinary that happened. Right. There was a little bit that was out of the ordinary. So, Oh, boy. Without further ado, here we go. Round one of the playoffs, and Seattle did not disappoint. The series went to game seven, and it was physical. It was a battle. The boys had to work hard for every goal they got. Game one in Denver, we had goals from Eli Tolvanen, his first career playoff goal. Wenberg and Geeky also got one. And the Kraken won three to one. Geeky had scored an assist in the playoffs while playing in Carolina, but no goals, so that was his first career playoff goal as well. Game two, still in Denver. Justin Schultz and Brandon Tanev both lit the lamp in the first round, first period, but the Avs scored two in the second and one in the third to come out on top three to two. Yanni Gord had assists on both goals. Game three, we came back to Seattle and lost six to four. Schwartz had two goals, Alexiak had one, Beniers had one. Then we came into game four. Seattle's down 2-1 in the series. Tensions are high in the greenhouse. And less than four minutes in, Will Borgen rips a huge slapper from the point to put us up by one. Moments later, Jared McCann catches a shorthanded breakaway, risks the puck into the net, on net, which deflects up into the netting and out of play. McCann skates into the corner, and Kale McCarr, who's been chasing McCann, Boom, follows through and just plasters Jared McCann into the boards. It was an ugly late hit. McCann barely makes it off the ice into the locker room on his own feet and has not been back on the ice since. He's been out for the rest of the series. 
Mm-hmm. The refs initially call a five-minute major, but upon review, they reduce it to a two-minute minor for interference. During that power play, Justin Schultz is keeping the puck in the offensive zone diligently. Seems like every time the Avs try to break out, there he is stopping the puck before it leaves the zone. He gets a pass over to Sprong, who does what he does best and just gets all of it. Cracking her up now 2 to nothing. It's a power play goal. Rantanen scores two in the second for the Avs to tie it up. And the game goes into overtime. But here comes McCann's line mate, Jordan Everly, on the power play, assisted by Sprong and Schwartz, and the series is tied up. It's a one-game suspension for the hit on McCann, so the Avs are missing him in game five. At this point, they're also already missing Niskushkin, who we'll talk about a little later in the episode. Yeah, Nachuskin. Whew. Yeah, that's something. But So we're back in Denver for Game 5. The first period goes with no score. Second period, who opens up the scoring? My man Morgan Geeky tallies his second career playoff goal to give Kraken a one nothing lead. A minute and a half later, Nathan McKinnon scores for the Avs. Two minutes later, Kai Ty Kartai nets his first career playoff goal in his first career playoff game. Ty Cartier. Ty Cartier, thank you. Yeah. You know, you're reading it, it's hard to pronounce. Totally. I called him Cartier for so long. That's what I thought it was. I don't know. I missed it. Um, but he was called up from Coachella to fill in for Jared McCann. He's 22 years old from Kingston, Ontario, Canada. He's 5'11", 202 pounds, shoots left-handed. Way to go, kid. Keep up the intensity. Yanni Gord gets one more in the third period, which is enough for the win in Game 5 in Colorado. Game 6, back in the greenhouse. And, JB, you and I you and I both said at this point that we thought with the hit on McCann and the win in Game 5 that we both thought Kraken would take it in 6. Mm-hmm. And I thought we were going all the way when Vince Dunn opened the scoring late in the first period. But the boys from Denver piled four goals on us. We couldn't get any more past Georgiev, so the Avs forced Game 7 in Colorado. Once again, a scoreless first period. Oliver Bjorkstrand scores twice in the second period, and that's enough to win it. Rantanen answers with one goal in the second period, but the Kraken fight it out. No goals in the third period for either team. And the headlines in Denver say something like, after choking with the avalanche, Philip Grubauer robs him in game seven, to which I say, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Yeah, it was the Denver... Post or whatever was like gruesome exit. So there was some. Yeah, I mean, there's throwing some salt for sure. So many storylines. First team to score, or second team ever to score first in all seven games of a series. Yeah, second team ever. Yeah. Um, So. They did. They scored the first goal in every single game. Being able to put yourself up and grab that momentum. Um, you know, the Yanni Gord, Tolvanen, Bjorkstrand line, and all the work that they did, not only on the offensive side of the ice, but covering McKinnon line pretty much the whole time and being up to the task. I mean, game six was tough, but that was always going to be a hard out. Um, and remember we said, we, we said, we were like, how are they not going to play Jones? when he's the guy that got him here all year long, winning all them games. And here they are, and Jones hasn't played one game. It's Grubauer every day. 
Right. Well, you know, he is that man. So it's kind of like pff, he's that. If you if you thought Gruden didn't have it, and you watch Game Seven, and you still think that, I don't. You were blind. <laughs> you, I, you must have watched a different game. Than yeah, I you must have been watching a different game because <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah. no. I say no. Yes. Um. So tons of tons of storylines. Um. But we did it. We, we cleared the first round. First ever playoff series. First team to win their very first playoff series against the defending champs, too. So, yeah. yeah. And there are, you know, plenty of storylines on the other side. Injuries, you know, Cogliano being out and all these different things. And Nichuskin, which we'll talk about. So, they're going to write it however they want to. But the, the undeniable fact is Kraken beat the Avs and move on to round two. So we better. Uh, That's right. Moving on. We better get into the maelstrom. Here we go with the maelstrom. The maelstrom. The maelstrom. The maelstrom. The maelstrom. All right. Three stars of the episode, or in this case, three stars of the first round of the playoffs. Take it away, Doug. Three stars of round one. You know, and we'll start with the third star. And we talked about who to put here. We, you know, it was tough. It was a tough choice. There's a lot of lot of work being done out on the ice. You know what I mean? And you're Mm -hmm. looking at who's getting the points, and it might not affect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, But we were talking about Yanni Gord, Eli Tolvin, and Justin Schultz. They've all been playing like beasts. Yeah, Tolvin scored the very first goal in playoff history for the Kraken. You know, great. Yeah. Great pickup. So seven games. Yanni has six. And so, I mean, oh, like Schultz, after game Schultz seven, had five points. Schultz has five points. After tonight, hes I think he just scored another goal. He might have he did. more. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy is just, he's just been. But five friend. points like, that in that first series. Point. Yeah. I mean. We're just putting that puck in the zone. Like, they can't. Right. They can't get it past. He's a beast. Yeah. Uh, but. For the third star of the series, you got to go with the uh, Game 7 hero, Oliver Bjorkstrand. If it wasn't for those two goals, we wouldn't be here today. So a drink to number 22, the Great Dane. Salute, the Great Dane. When I was was on the Stingers, my number was 22, so. Oh, right on. That's awesome. Now I got to get a Bjorkstrand jersey. Dude, and the... He scored another one tonight in the first period. He oh. can really snipe it, man. It was. But Schultz, too. Really much oh. player, too. Yeah, both of those guys. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Bjorkstrand, what a heck of a pickup. I've said it before, but with the injuries to Barakovsky, yeah. Oliver Bjorkstrand has got to be the, the pickup of the season. He's been so effective in his role and playing with Yanni Gordon. So, yeah, cheers to him. All right, second star, Ty Cartier punches his ticket and writes his own story. What a way to enter the chat. He earns the trust of the franchise after a banner season with the Firebirds, and Ron Francis and Dave Haxtall saw the eye of the tiger and inserted this kid in the top line with Ebbs and Maddie Berniers. I know it's crazy. It sucks that I had to miss that game. I wasn't. I was actually at the Toronto 
Tampa Bay game that night. Oh, that's awesome, though. And I caught the highlights later, you know what I mean? But Yeah. Well, just, I mean, I think it was smart for continuity in the rest of the lineup. But to have faith in this kid to not only, you know. Yeah, like, aren't there, there's so many other guys on that Coachella team. Well, think about Jesper Froden. He's played a lot more minutes with us. That's what I'm saying. He's already been out there. But That's they, who I was thinking. Yeah, they looked at this kid and they're like, he's produced down there. And maybe they look at the fit with, they didn't want to change up the other lines for chemistry or whatever. And they said, maybe he fits in here. But pff, there's it, something too. There's something about Kingston, Ontario, Canada that sounds really familiar. I feel like there might be another player on the Kraken who's from Kingston, Ontario, Canada, and I can't think of who it is. So if anybody listening, you know, knows or can look up, you know, something like that. Yeah. And you know what I'm talking about, like throw a Twitter tweet out to us so yeah. so we know. At Kraken Captains. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's playing with, with Eds and, and Matty Berniers. But wait. Wait, Doug, there's more. In his debut in the NHL, he scores his first NHL goal in Game 5 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the last person to do that, to debut in the playoffs and score a goal, was Kale McCarr, the man responsible for him being inserted into the lineup in the first place. Oh, my gosh. The the hockey gods have their... Yeah, fingers all in the honey butter. <laughs> but but wait, Doug, there's more. Ty Cartier texted his parents that morning, saying he was playing, and they embarked on a whirlwind 1600 mile journey, arriving three minutes into the game to be able to see oh, their gun son score his first NHL goal, and it was looking like a game winner, um, but but this didn't quite didn't quite it was goal. it was a go ahead goal. And if that wasn't enough, there's still more, Doug. Game 7. Yes, that Game 7 was Ty's birthday. What a birthday present. Ty Cartier with a party, eh? What a week. What a man. (laughs) What a beaut. And for all that, he is our second star of round one. Cheers to you. Bottoms up, boys. Well, the first star, you know who it's got to be. It's our main man, Philip Grubauer. Saves. He one goal allowed. I mean, he was a, a rock with a .971 save percentage. .926 for the playoffs, which is good for fifth best. 2.44 goals allowed. Stats are nice, but this dude passes the eye test. He is locked in, and if you've ever doubted him and you still doubt him after Game 7, you watched a different game than I did. You're just hating. Yep. 16 saves in the first period. He stood on his head, stopped point-blank shots. He allowed our boys to find their feet and their game. Without him, we're not in Round 2, and he sits at fourth for playoff goalies, saving a plus 2.9 goals over expected. The only goalie above him left in the playoffs will be the man across the ice from him. The Otter, Jake Ottinger of the Dallas Stars with a plus 4.3 over expected. Yeah. But we're up 4-2 right now still, so. Right. Yeah. 
the thing is, is that there's a lot of things you could say about Gru and, and, you know, how he's performed since he got here. But I think a little bit of extra motivation, the way that things ended with the Avalanche, people kind of blamed him for that series loss. And then, of course, the very next season after he leaves, the uh, Avs go and win the Cup, and that adds a little bit more to it. And, you know, he said, like, oh, I know this building. I played in this building. And, and there's a little bit extra, probably, that, and a little bit of um, extra juice that helped him in that series. But he was sharp every game, even game six. Um, and this whole team really has not been playing softly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like, and he's just been, he's been the, the head of the ship, you know? Yeah, Haxtell said he was the best player on the ice in that game, and I think that's true. And and uh, I think that he saved, I don't know what the numbers were, but at least two point-blank shots from McKinnon. Um, we get a good call on an offsides that negates one. So... But he, like you said, he just passes the eye test. He is, he's feeling it, and he's sharp, and he's shown it, you know, in the first part of this game. Except for some crazy Pavelski tips, he's made some, some crazy. Yeah, it saves. seems like those are the only goals he gets scored on. Is either like, you know, it's it's always a weird deflection. Well, right now, I mean, gone are the like easy soft goals that were going in, you know, last season and stuff like that, which is. That's right. What you need in the playoffs. So, um, hats off to Gru. He's he's earned it, and he's had to wade through, you know, people in his own camp, you know, in his own like fan base, you know, mad at him. So, um, my hats off to him, and he definitely deserves to be first star. And and uh, no one can ever take that away from him. First ever. Uh, any of these guys really, but first ever franchise, you know, playoff series win goes to Grubauer and these guys against his former team. So first star for that there's, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of other teams in the playoffs that you know I thought we're gonna get past the first round easily. Yeah. Or 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 maybe even further than the first round that got knocked out, right? Well, let's I mean, let's, the Boston Bruins let's go and ahead the and talk about it. Yeah, Boston Bruins, the yeah. uh, the elephant in the room. That is incredible. I mean, those game sevens, man. It's like you said, game sevens when the pressure's on and things mm. get stressful. I mean, like anything can anything happen. can happen. No, none of those other games matter anymore. I thought Boston was going to win that game. They were ahead almost the whole time, and then it was just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, uh, but you know what's even crazier about that? Florida had to win three games in a row. In a row. They had the momentum. And, I mean, that's the thing. Momentum can be a crazy shift changer on those. In hockey, for sure. It's a game of momentum. And and the Bruins are one of those teams that they're not not new to this. You know, they're not new to the playoffs. They're in it a lot. Like those guys, Patrice Bergeron has been in the team. He's been on that team for 20 years. And Brad Marchand too. He's been on that team for a long, long time. So I mean, like with with a, a base like that, and those guys have won the Stanley Cup, and they've been in the playoffs a lot. So when you have, you know, the the veterans 
the experienced veterans on the team, they know what it takes to win a playoff series. Which we have. That's why it's so surprising. That's why it's so That's why it's so surprising. But the Rangers, you know, uh, let's see who else is out. Sorry about your Rangers, man. I know it stinks. The Rangers and the Colorado Avalanche. The Rangers and the (laughs) Bruins blew up my bracket because I picked them to play each other in the Eastern Conference Final. (laughs) I know, and then then, so Tampa Bay got knocked by Toronto too. So I picked that one. I thought that Toronto was finally going to do do the thing and get out of the first round. I just you've been. I thought Toronto was going to go on and play Boston, and Boston was going to knock them out. But yeah. Well, now I'm I'm riding um, Florida, man. I'm riding them. The Panthers, I feel like after that win, they could yeah. do some damage. Bob Bobrovsky is feeling it, man. And when he's yeah. feeling it, yeah, yeah, uh huh. And Vegas, right? They they knocked out Winnipeg, so there's they're in it. Yeah, well, that, that yeah, I figured that one. The I think the more interesting thing. Okay, so. As we're talking about the the playoffs as a whole, this would be the question to to narrow back down into the Kraken. The Oilers won their series, and so they play the Vegas Golden Knights. So who would you rather face? McDavid and Dreisaitl and the Oilers, or Stone and everybody else in Vegas? I'm I'm going with the Oilers. Me too. All day. All day. Oh, I'm going with the Oilers, and it, it sucks because like you are. I mean, there's no bad teams in the playoffs, especially sure. in the second round of the playoffs. You know that now you're dealing with the best of the best. But with the Oilers, that top line with McDavid and Drysaitel is that's their like power punch, really. Right. We've we've talked about this before. Yeah, and yeah. I think that we've you know that they've you know we we are not very successful against Vegas. As a whole, usually they find right? a way to clog up like all the things that we do well, and it just becomes come becomes like a muddy mess. And we have had some success against Edmonton. Yeah, if we, so. I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. Drysaddle and McDavid and Patrick Kane scored. Patrick Kane scored a hat trick against us earlier this season. They can do damage against us, and they have. But we've found ways. That was to, Evander, not Patrick Kane. That's Evander. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I had Patrick Kane on my mind because everyone was dog- know, dogging him for the Rangers. Like, couldn't get it done. Old bag. No, they went and guy. got him. He's all washed up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I still feel like they could do it, but it's like, geez, with if you got Patrick Kane, Artemi Panarin, and Vladimir Tarasenko. And you couldn't pull it off. In that and you still can't pull it off. I mean, they, they like, Kreider and Zibanejad are no slouches either. Like, that team is stacked. So here's the here's what I'll say about that. I think they need to to go ahead and say that the Patrick Kane thing didn't work and let him go. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna. They're gonna. There's and, no way he's And close. they might need to let go of Tereshenko too. I think they need to like build a more of like a workman like roster underneath Zabanajad and, and Kreider yeah. and those guys yeah, but- and make Make everything kind of support from underneath instead of trying to like. Sometimes it's like too many cooks in the kitchen. Like Patrick Kane's like this old dog who's like, just feed me the puck, and everyone's like, that's not how it works. And it just didn't. <laughs> I, I just don't think it gelled. You know. Yeah. 
But obviously, yeah. well, I bet on it, Jelly. Because really I like, I kind of feel like they might try to hang on to Tarasenko's contract. Because yeah, been really I mean, he probably. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it just obviously, on, it just depends on how they can like manage the salary cap. You know what I mean? Because that's a having, big one. By having and somebody on long term IR, that's how, Doug. <laughs> a la the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, Seattle's got one too. Yeah, but it's legit. <laughs> ah, so, so, so we believe, you just believe it blindly. <clears throat> well, well, if not, like, what are they waiting for? Well, you know, they're just waiting to shed some shed some dead weight after they win the cup. Oh God! <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Okay. Maybe not. I don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's fine. On my own podcast. <laughs> All right. We we better get back to the cracking. Let's yeah. let's talk about some of the crazier storyline stuff. Let's start there and get it out of the way. And that's. So let's just. Well, we talked a little about the McCann hit. Let's just kind of like we'll try to keep it short, but like. Yeah. Kale McCarr came in. He knocked McCann into the boards. It was like fist to his head. McCann was like, you know, drooling as he was walking off the ice. Yeah. And Kale McCarr got a one-game suspension. Right. Upon review. And, and, I mean, really, it was like they called it a five-minute major, and then they brought it down to a minor. You know, and... And then player safety made him like, be like, yeah, that was a mistake. Should have been a major. Now we're going to suspend him one game. Yeah, yeah. The so, Is that what they said? Because it's like when I was watching it, I was like, damn, how did they reduce it to a minor? Like, I get it. The, the rules are the rules. You know what I mean? And it was. It was interference, right? Really, they should have blown the friggin' whistle. It's on the refs, in my opinion. Yeah. Puck was out of play. He should have blown the whistle. It should have been blown dead before. Like, they should have seen McCarr going in for the hit, and the puck was up and out of play. Eh, you can't see everything. It's a fast, fast game. So. Oh, yeah. But You, you know, maybe the, maybe you... the blame isn't really anywhere. It's just the way the game is, and, and the suspension is what it is. Well, here's the deal for me is like you look you can look at it after the fact and look at the like motivation or like like was it That's malicious? Right. Like is yeah, Makara a dirty player? No. Was it malicious? Yeah. No. But it was illegal and to me it I actually think it was a if I'm being honest, I think it was a conscious decision. I don't know if McCann said something to him or whatever, but you if you watch the replay Makar like shoulders him like this when they're like going towards towards the boards. And if yeah. if you're playing full bore, you finish that check. You know, you you bring your body in, but if you watch the replay, oh, he pulls up and then he pulls up, pulls off of him, and then he decides after that to smash him. And I'm like, something happened in his head, like and he, you know decided to like go full bore into the guy when there was no need to do it. And, but the problem is there's so much that you don't see. So, um, yeah, you don't know what it's like to be out there. Like, at, 
Well, after in the middle of all that, after that, like somebody sent me uh, a message on Twitter about you know it was an ass fan. He's like, "Well, were you that you know?" Because I said I was disappointed in Macar and I really like him, and you know it was you know not a good hit, and you know he'll have to like face his suspension. And he's like, "Well, you were mad. Were you that mad at Will Borgen?" And I was like, "Honestly, dude, I didn't see it, so I went and found the video." You can watch this video of Will Borgen like cross checking a dude in the helmet and then cross checking Helm in the neck. And then Helm never played again after that. And nobody really talked about it because Helm's, you know, a Helm's, you know, a low line, like no, whatever. But that stuff is not good either. But the refs can't, no. can't police everything and find all that stuff. And it goes, unwarranted and then Eberly later on in game I th- game six I think yeah in game six he he boarded Cogliano and broke his neck they said fractured but let's be honest he broke the dude's yeah, neck he broke, he broke and he neck. got a penalty he got a penalty for boarding and then the league and player safety decided it wasn't even worth reviewing just like they did with Meyer on the hit to Bernier's. And then later, you know, the Avs announced that his neck is broken and it's kind of like, well, what's going on? Like, you know, there it's, it's. And you saw the same thing with like a Dumba and Pavelski. There was I know. Hit. Dumba came, he came with big time upward motion. Into the like, head. Uh, uh, well, on review, it's mostly shoulder to shoulder, but there's definitely some head contact. So, like, it's like, where do you draw the line? How do you keep the players safe? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, how do you stop guys from, I mean, you know, all that, like, dirty, chippy stuff. But that it's the game. That's the name of the game. All these guys, they they do that because that's – that's how they were raised, you know what I mean? That's what they were taught in coaching growing up. Yeah. I mean, sure. and that's what it is. It's a rough game, but it's like it's if a you got a game. guy if you got a guy that's trying to stand in front of your goalie and screen him, like you can't just let him do that. You got to like throw a few into him. Yeah, you got to throw a few, you got to slash him in the legs, you and know. And a lot of times like, you know, throwing a few into him like the bigger good guys, right? Like Alexiak's six seven or something like that 250 mm. you know what i mean he can just lean it he put his weight into somebody and they're gonna like crumple and have to move yeah will borgen's a big guy but he's not that big you know no. you get up against somebody some other guy who's a little bigger and he's standing in front of your goalie trying to screen him you got to do whatever you can to get him out of the way and if it's cross check him in the neck Wow, uh, this was a play probably, away from the net. Probably, a, yeah, I know it's not. It's not really what you want to see. I don't really want to see guys well, get cross checked. Look, I, I have, I, I, I play hockey. I definitely don't want to get cross checked to the neck. Yeah. I, I'm going to say two two things. Well, three. I'm going to start by saying I love Will Borgen. I think he's probably yeah, the most improved too. player on the roster from last year to this year. Holy, and cow, I love yeah. his game and his gritty style of play. And that leads into the other thing, which is we asked these guys to be warriors in a box. We were like, we want you to be warriors and go all out, except don't cross the line. 
you know, which, and then it's like, oh, so you want me to go? You want, I mean, you see it every game. Tempers flare. Like yeah. these guys get into it after the whistle, and there's nobody. There's no coaches holding them back. Like yeah. you want you me know, to like when want, when things like you got Yanni Gord like sw- probably saying all kinds of stuff in people's ears. Oh, you know he is stirring <laughs> stirring it up. Right. So no I mean, doubt. Like, Oh. And I saw a clip. I saw a clip of a guy. Ooh, I can't remember what two teams I was watching. I think it was, it was the Bruins, and Florida, and I think it was Kachuk saying something about one of the other guy's wives, or something Ooh. on the bench. You know, on the bench, and they were like, they were like swearing it up back and forth. Like nobody liked that. That's Whatever old. He said, he said, that's yeah, old school he, brutality. Yeah. <laughs> oh he man! Brought his, brought his family into it. So. Yeah. Well, these guys are trying to get into each other's heads. That's another part of the game that, like, you know, us common folk aren't really privy to. <laughs> really, sure. They get the mics in there sometimes and give you a little bit of it, but like, you know, that ninety percent of that stuff goes unheard. That's why it's called chirping, right, Doug? Exactly, well, and it's, and it's so a lot of it's probably. Probably nasty. You want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you probably want to. You probably want to kill that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like cross check to the neck. That's nothing compared to what he just said about my daughter. <laughs> Maybe that's why he cross checked him in the neck. <laughs> yeah, that's why I cross checked <sighs> him in the neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. And you've seen. It's funny when you see some of that in other sports when it comes to light, like. Zinedine Zidane headbutting a guy and saying that he called his like mama terrorist or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's World uh, Cup soccer or football I, for those who don't know. <laughs> a guy that I used to play in a band with uh, talked about rubbing habanero juice on his gloves. Oh yeah, buddy. In football and hockey, and then like rubbing that in people's faces. Yep. So I mean, you know. Okay, and I think, so I think a lot of that goes to the coaches too. Like, <laughs> yeah, youth, youth coaches need to be responsible when it comes to these kids and this yeah. stuff because you're you're basically raising a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's the last thing I'll say about this, and this is what I think you know will solve the problem, or at least go a long way to solving. This problem. First of all, the league needs to get a little more consistent between their calls, their reviews, and then player safety and how they handle these things to prevent this. But I think that when a player is found to to do something illegal that results in a player's injury, that player that uh, committed the infraction should have to sit as long as the other player is, is off the ice. So in the case of McCann's injury, he McCarr would have missed the rest of the series. And if you're talking about a star player like McCarr having to miss the majority of a playoff series because of an infraction, that would prevent those type of plays from ever happening yeah, again. Yeah, they think twice about charging someone into the boards because yeah. you'd be like, oh, well, if I break his back, then I'm done. <laughs> right, you know, and you could, if you wanted to, like extend it into the next season. Like, 
Like, I, I think about the Todd Bertuzzi hit where he sucker punched that guy from the Avs that nobody remembers because he, he never right. played well, he never played hockey no. again. Like, Todd Bertuzzi yeah. would never be allowed yeah. to play hockey again. Exactly. Like, they would George prevent never, all that if, stuff if from Cogliano happening. If Cogliano never comes back because of the broken neck, which he might. I mean, some guys come back from broken neck if it's... Oh, I, I think a fracture, you know... If it was broken, broken. He played the rest of the third period on it, so it's not Ooh. like super serious, <laughs> but that's like that's some next level stuff. But anyway, that's yeah. kind of my thought on it, and maybe that's super extreme. But I get if if you implement a rule like that, that stuff goes away almost immediately. Food for thought. Yeah. All right. We already talked about Tag Cartier replacing uh, McCann on the first line. Um, kudos yeah. to him. Dave Haxtall said some things he, like he, it's the little you know, things that he does the, playing in tight spaces and it, not just the scoring the ability. The series he's playing right now against Dallas, he's looking good. I mean, the kid almost just scored again. Yeah, it's really cool to see because it just tells you that the farm system that we've got, you know, being able to see Froden for quite a few minutes this season, um, you know, Fergus, um, all these guys, Shane Wright. It's, yeah, the Fergus Circus. I can't believe yeah. they brought him up just right into the playoffs. Never seen him before. Yeah. <laughs> just ride, ride the tide, man. It's ride the light. Crazy to do to the fans, too. I mean, really. Means also so, that if for some crazy reason we wanted him, we could pull him up. <laughs> definitely. Absolutely. So, I mean, during regular season, he'd be. Yeah. And then, he doesn't have any more points since that one goal, but I'm sure we'll see more from him. I think we also need to give props to, we mentioned it, but, you know, Yanni, Bjorkstrand, Tolvin in line, shutting down the McKinnon line, McKinnon, Rantanen, Makar, Taves, and Lincoln. Shutting those guys down for the most part and really paving the way for us to make it into the second round. Um, all the points that were scored – um, all the goals, Bjorkstrand playing the hero, um, in game seven, Tolvanen scoring the first goal ever, uh, in a playoff series for the Kraken. That Tolvanen's line has been awesome. And those guys starting, yeah. starting games, just the energy and, and the faith that they have in those guys to start those games and kind of like bring that energy to start a game. Um, so much respect. And, uh, Yanni, the more and more it goes for me, it's like he's he's in line to wear that captain C next year because all those things that he does um, on and off the ice and and he's the I'm pretty sure he's the only player that's won two cups. But you can tell when he's interviewed, he's like, "You got to get your mind right. Like these are all the things that we need to do. Uh, we're not done yet. We want to win." You know, we want to win the cup, and, and he knows how to do it. And it's it's put up or shut up, but um, they've certainly done the work <laughs> and and showed their mettle. And I, but I think it'll be interesting. You know, Eberle scored the overtime goal um, that uh, really sparked everything toward the end of the series, and I think that line is gonna gonna catch fire here in this series it's already 
starting to come. You alive. know, I'm I'm wondering when we're gonna see Burakovsky again. So and I think I'm also like waiting for word on McCann too. I mean, like he. I think McCann probably comes back at home. He should come back at some point soon. Yeah. You never know. With, I don't think he. I. I mean, that's the thing. It could be something bad. We just don't know. Maybe well, you just. just you never know. know with concussions, like how long it could be, and I don't know. Well, and in in hockey too, like you, we've talked about, also with the injuries and stuff, it's like you never know because the team doesn't tell anybody anything. Right. Like we don't. Yeah, it could be an aneurysm or whatever. It could be like brain bleed. <laughs> I Ugh. mean, yeah. He could have a fractured skull. <laughs> right. Yeah. I. But I suspect that Burakovsky, we won't see him until the, the Western Conference Finals because <laughs> they kind of – it started to come out that he had surgery and it's like a six-week timeline. And, yeah, these athletes can sometimes short, shorten that up. And they get but physical training and everything. But you might as well back. just like let that ride and let him get all the way back and be like, hey, if we do our job and we get to the Western Conference Final and you're ready, like when you're supposed to be, then it's all go. You know, we really don't have not. to like yeah. bring you back in. But McCann, I am expecting McCann to play in game three when we get home. Nice. So we'll see. But yeah. Um, and then, you know, we mentioned Gru in that. I don't think there's much more to say on that other than... No, like, I don't either. He, he you know, he, he did the damn thing, so put some respect on his name. Um, yeah. But I think we should mention that we've once again, like, stayed true to our form throughout the whole season... We have 15 unique goal scorers in that first series, 18 goals. So waves of effective line play from all our lines. Yeah. Deadly. From all over the team. All over the team. Like once again, and that is so deadly. It's, It's interesting because Dallas has a deeper roster as well. So like our depth versus their depth and how that goes throughout this series. And then... You know, our PK, our penalty kill in the playoffs versus the trend in power plays thus far, I think that needs to be mentioned. Our power play, you know, hasn't been great, but it hasn't really been that great all season. That's true. Uh, But our penalty kill really came on at the end of the season. And in that first series, tons and tons of power play goals, but we only allowed two. I think the Avs were 18-2 and two in that series. So our penalty kill, and I believe our penalty kill is 100% tonight against a super dangerous Dallas team that we know Pavelski they're can physical. They're tip. physical. These guys are going to rough us up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Team's got to be ready for it. Battle, There's battle, two battle. Other, two, other, two other things other than the penalty kill, the, the, the Kraken have been doing right is – uh, they're second in the league during the playoffs in both shooting percentage and shots on goal allowed. Right, so, so blocking I'm, shots and and laying it all on the yeah, line. Yeah, they allow clogging the least up amount lanes. of shots to get to the net. Right, and their shooting percentage is so even if they don't like shots on goal, 
even if the other team has way more shots on goal than us, our shooting percentage is second in the league. So even with less shots, we still have a better chance of scoring more goals per shot. Right. You know, and those two stats, I mean, and not allowing other teams to get shots off on our net. It's going to serve us well. Second in the league. I mean, that that combination is like, I feel like Ron Francis, that was his, him and Dave Haxall have had a plan the whole time. Yeah, yeah. The system, I think you got to look at it and you listen to Haxall's interviews and, and he's talking about the players buying into the system and staying true to it and it's the way they've played all year. They're not adjusting, not trying to change anything or do anything crazy different. And that tells you that they're all bought in. And, and to me, that tells me that they trust the system that they're in to do the job that they need to do. And I think that is critical because I would rather have faith in something that I'm doing and see that it works and know that you can rely on it than to have somebody come in and be like, oh my gosh, you guys, we're playing Toronto now. We got to change. We got to change everything we're doing to like shut them down. And it's like how then you're thinking too much instead of playing fast. You know, they've been doing this all year so they can rely on it and rely on the chemistry that they built without having to think about stuff. And I think that is huge. Whatever you think about the system and whether you'd rather them play a different way, they trust it and it's clearly working. So stick and you can see when they like get a little too cute and go away from it or try to do too much, it, it falls apart a little bit on them. And that's when like game six of the series, you're like, wow, they really kind of took it to them. You know? Yeah. Four to one. I thought they were yeah. going to win that game. Yeah. Yeah. So just stick to it and it'll all be fine. Okay, last thing before we get out of here, I think we need to talk about Valerie Nichuskin. It's yeah, one of the storylines that they can write about. I mean, they have certainly dealt with injuries. Obviously, Cogliano breaks his neck. Helm never came back from the hits from Milborgan. But they shot themselves in the foot via Valerie Nichuskin. Um He was... He was one of their better players, for sure. So, so this is the one... Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Top two, uh, second line. I mean, he was the second wave. Um, one of the things you could talk about is nobody in their bottom six scored a goal for the Avs, whereas our roster scored all across the lineup. Pretty much everything yeah. came from the top two lines, and honestly, mostly from the top line, Ranton and McKinnon and Lincoln. Ranton and Lekkonen. Rantanen, Lekkonen, McKinnon, those yep. guys. Yeah, definitely so everything. if you could stifle that, it's a good chance. Just like, God willing, we play the Oilers and stifle that line. Um, yeah. But Valerie Nichushkin, so first thing I'll say is the Avs picked Valerie Nichushkin over Barakovsky. That's, yeah, they protected him during the expansion, right? No, no. When at the end of the oh, no. season, they had to pick somebody to extend, <clears throat> and they mm. picked Nachuskin and let Burakovsky test the market, and oh, we went out and yeah, got him. Uh, yeah. And um, clearly, <clears throat> he's a wild card. And if you guys haven't heard the story or read some of this, it was crazy. 
So I'll, this is like some it's like some Russian spy movie stuff going it's, on. Here. It's and nutty. it's like Yeah. And I think I think a lot of this before we get into this, it's like the whole thing about having like professional Russian NHL players is like it's crazy. <laughs> like uh, uh NHL team managers, scouts, hockey coaches in the 80s had to go over there and like basically work like spies covertly and like talk to these hockey players to try to like figure out if like they would be interested maybe in coming over and then like I mean it was like cloak and dagger stuff, you know what I mean? Mm, and right. And these guys' lives were in danger when they were going over there to talk to these guys to play hockey out here. It was, it was like well, it was cold. It was cold war. Hockey, yeah, and and it was also like the big time Olympics, like Lake Placid hockey thing. Miracle, you know what I mean? It was America versus Russia. Like Russia was killing everybody. That's why the NHL wanted these Russian players. You know what I mean? In the first place, right there. And so there's there's a big difference in like obviously Russian culture and American culture, right? The laws, everything, everything's so different. And so like we pull these guys in and just throw them into like, Hey, American capitalism, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now you live in an apartment. You just do whatever the fuck you want. No one cares. You no one's listening I mean? to you. No one's doing anything. Yeah, the KGB isn't going to come kill you. You're professional athlete. You're a big time hero in the neighborhood. Hey, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And, but like a lot of like the social culture is so different in America. And so, like, these guys come in, and for some of them, you know, it's like no big deal. And for some of them, it's like night and day. Right. You know, you don't, you don't just fall in and, and everything is gravy all the time. So the, the headline showed up first. It was just like Colorado saying Nikushkin's not on the team anymore. Well, first it was just Nikushkin, you know, leaves the team in the middle of the night from the hotel, no explanation. And he's not with the team anymore. He's and, not, and that was it. Right. Yeah. That, he's not with the team anymore. There was no explanation. There was nothing. It was just like, wait, what? <laughs> he's just not with the team anymore. And then it's like, and then it's like, well, so some journalists got in there and found a police report. Well, first, Seattle so first I'll, I'll interject. First, somebody like posted this thing that was like, well, Russia is now sending like emails to people that they have been drafted for the war. So that was like a thing for a second where they're like, oh, everyone's like, holy smokes. Uh, maybe he got an email that a said he's been drafted, drafted and he has to go back to Russia. And, and then, and then they were all like, Oh, are we going to see a bunch more Russian players disappearing? You know, like whatever. And then yes, somebody requested freedom information act requested the, um, police report and it did came up. So go ahead from there. Yeah. Journalists got a hold of police report from SPD that they went into his hotel room after a you know domestic dispute call or something like that, a neighbor called because of loud noises. Basically, right? Police went there. It was you know Valerie Nischuskin. I can't say his name. Valerie Nischuskin. <laughs> Nischuskin. I still don't think I said it right. Nischuskin. 
Nechuskin. Okay, there we go. You got it. They went into his hotel room and they said that there was an intoxicated woman who claimed to be born in the Ukraine that was acting erratically. Right. And that that was pretty much all it said. <laughs> like there was there was no more. It was like this this lady's obviously intoxicated. She was detained. He was already gone. And back to Russia is what she was saying. But she was hammered. Right. So right. did you hear anything more from that? It said that she was supposedly born in the Ukraine. So so what whatever so here's what here's how it all shook out in the end. So what had happened is the training staff came to check on Nachuskin. So they say. And they found this lady who was belligerently drunk. And they assessed her and said, you can't go home. We can't, we can't, seeing you, we can't send you home in an Uber. So we're going to call, yeah. you know, we're going to call 911 and have you taken care of. She got violent with the trainer on, on the Avalanche staff. And then she had to be detained and, you know, questioned. And this is what she said. She said, I was born in Ukraine. I, I live in Russia. I came here. A bad person took my visa, took my passport. I should never have come here. I should never have come here. And That's right. I read that. You know, and so after that, they they sent him off. And it's kind of like, man, we're in the middle of trying to win the Stanley Cup. Like, I don't know if I I want to in in this country you're innocent until you're proven guilty, and I want to leave it that way. But this screams sex trafficking to me. Yeah, you think it's like a trafficking thing? Well, maybe Nachuskin's trying to help a, you know a fellow Russian or whatever. But this yeah, lady, see, that, that's what I think. Dude, I think that I think that like people that grow up in a place like that when you know. It's somebody you know, and there's problems. You do you do what like, you can. Even if you're even if you're a professional hockey player, you're like, uh, no, my family's about to die, or somebody's about to die. Something bad's about to happen, and I need to go make sure that it doesn't. Right, and if this so, the the story that this lady put forth just screams sex trafficking. Like she has come to this country, and somebody has taken her her passport. And now they're like holding that over her head, right? That would be yeah. like, without her saying it outright, that's what it screams to me. Now, how she ended up in Valerina Chuskin's room and how this all like played out. Yeah, how they know each other, all that. Yeah. Is a whole nother story. But I just have to say like kudos to the Avalanche staff for assessing this woman, treating her like a real person. And not just sweeping it under the rug, which they could have easily done. They could have, like, stuck this girl in an Uber, this woman in an Uber, sent her on her way, and been like, let's move on. Like this this never happened, (laughs) a la the Chicago Blackhawks. Exactly. But what they did was, what this person did was, you know, do no harm. They saw a person in harm's way and was like, you're a human being. 
you need to be taken care of. They agreed not to press charges against her, but they obviously saw she was in a bad situation and said, you need to be checked out by a doctor and, and taken care of. And so for that, I think I have ultimate respect for that staff and that situation. But unfortunately, you know, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but obviously Valerie and Nichuskin, we probably never will. I bet you no details ever come out about that ever again. I bet you this is the last we hear of it. I wouldn't be surprised. I bet. I bet. Yeah, but bet. it won't really matter because you'll know if Valerie Nachuskin does not play for the Avs again, that's an indictment. That's all the indictment I need. I don't need to know like the full truth, but clearly yeah. they just signed him to a contract. If he doesn't play for the Avs again, well, that's all you need to know about that. Yeah. Okay. So, wild series. That's crazy. That's, oh my gosh. With wild storylines, Eberly becoming a, a you know Makar becoming a villain, then Eberly becoming a villain. Yeah. Uh, pulling out a, a seven game series in Colorado against the Stanley Cup champions. Wild. Hope we write the rest of our ticket and punch this thing, man. It's gonna be crazy moving forward, but. Uh, Anything else you got done before we sign off? Dallas Dallas scored. It's 4-3. There's eight minutes left. Nine nine minutes left. All right. Well, we're not going to stay on for another nine minutes. You're just going to have no. to find out what happens no, in this I'm game gonna live. I'm going to get off of this thing, and I'm going to go over there and scream at the TV for a while. <laughs> right. Get right up in there. It'll ruin yeah. your eyes. It's the only way. Okay. The only t- way. Yanni Gord knows what I mean. Yanni. You're not whispering swears in their ears. <laughs> They're not going to win. <laughs> Come on, Yanni. Do it. All right. Take it away, Doug. All right. Kraken Captains Podcast is the original Kraken Podcast. And JB and I want to thank you, Kraken fans, for listening. We're hockey lovers, doing it for the love, but also doing it for you. So let's go, Kraken. Woo! We would love to hear from you. So tweet us at Kraken Captains, hit us up on social media, but keep your head up because another episode is coming real Real soon. Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.